0: Hey folks, good evening and welcome to Phantoms of Monsters Personal Reports, where I narrate some of the more recent and past cryptid and unexplained sightings and encounters submitted to Phantoms and Monsters. I will also detail current and past investigations on occasion, so uh, thanks for joining me. Um, first of all, the uh, Phantoms of Monsters radio channel is made possible by you clicking the subscribe button. And by you sharing our programming. Super chat and super thanks donations are appreciated. And the uh buy me a coffee link and banner are also shown below. So um thanks for your consideration. So let's get started. Uh this first one is about a group of friends that are driving at night in LaPorte County, Indiana in the woods and just over the border from Michigan. Uh, they encountered a, what they said was a small troll that was covered in blood that was feeding on a deer carcass. So the witness states that this occurred around the time I graduated or sometime shortly after in 1995. My family lived in Michigan at the time, fairly close to the Indiana border. Some friends that I played Dungeons and Dragons with got all into ghost hunting, and we'd often traveled down around the Indiana side in LaPorte County, which was around 45 minutes away, I believe. And now on this particular night, we had picked up the girl I was dating. Her and I were sitting in the back seat while my two buddies were in the front seat. We are on a somewhat secluded two-lane road with thick woods on the right side of us uh, i'm not trying to be vague at this point i really don't remember much about the area or exactly where we were and john says don't trust what you see around here i hear your eyes play tricks you in this area almost on cue we started seeing what basically looks like black fog or shadows darting and swimming across the road and the lights of the headlights we remain calm and keep going. Eventually, the road tees off to the right into the woods and we take a turn. Now, about a quarter, about a quarter mile, the road either goes straight onto gravel or tees to the left. So we take the left. At this point, we're driving slow, maybe five miles an hour, and both the girlfriend and I are looking out the passenger side window. I was on the passenger side, if that matters. And about 15 feet into the woods, I see what looks like a small old troll hunched over eating something bloody and messy with its backs to us. Now, my mind immediately went to folklore, and I think red cap as soon as I see it, even though it wasn't wearing a thing. I slowly turned to my girlfriend because it's a bit much to see, and i think and not think you're crazy, and her eyes were taking up her whole face. She already had started tearing up, and they started streaming down her face when she looks at me. She's petrified. We both tell my friends in the front that we need to go. There's something in the woods. She's basically crying, and I'm freaking out, too. The two in the front didn't see it. And they're frantic to know what we saw and want to drive by again, which the two of us want nothing to do with. So about 100 yards later, the road turns to the right onto the gravel, and the driver decides we're going to turn around here and go back the way we came. Uh, we get turned around, and as we start off the gravel, the car dies. Not a clutch issue. It was an automatic and pretty unexplainable engine quit. <laughs> the girlfriend flat out starts screaming, and the driver says to relax, tries to turn the engine over, and thankfully it starts. However, the moment the car turns over, the headlights immediately turn on. Mind you, it's pitch black out. There are no streetlights. It's a heavily wooded area, and we had, hadn't seen another car in who knows how long. Never mind the fact that our car and headlights were just facing where this car appeared when we were trying to turn around. So at this point, everybody decides, okay, we're obviously somewhere we shouldn't be. We're out. So we end up driving back by the area. We saw the small troll, and there's nothing there now. No little troll, no deer. I believe it was a deer. It was eating when I first saw it. We get to the area that branched off to the gravel road when we first went into the area. As we approach this road. A set of headlights turns on from the gravel road as well, followed by other headlights. So in this car, there's the four of us freaking out, believing we stumbled into some weird occult stuff we didn't mean to, and all we want to do is go back home now. We drive back out to the main two-lane highway or out the two main lane, two-lane road that took us this way, and the other cars go on their own separate way uneventfully. Now, it's been over 20 years, and I still get chills thinking about this. The little gnarly troll bunched over eating the deer is just as vivid as it ever was. A lot of weird things happened when I lived in Bridgman, Michigan area. This was the most extreme, but I had about 20 years of unexplained experiences crammed into the two years I lived there. To describe the red cap further, from what I remember, it was naked. I believe it would have been maybe... Two, three and a half foot tall, if it would stood upward and very stocky. It was squatting down low, its butt almost to the ground while it ate and almost some and also somewhat hairy, as a hairy ant on his shoulders and back. There was blood all over its hands and forearms. It was holding what looked like the leg of the deer. There was a mess of the rest of it at its feet. I had about a three-quarter view of it. Mostly, its back. It didn't. I didn't get a good view of its face, though. It kind of glanced over his shoulder at us nonchalantly as we drove by. I just remember it looked old, menacing, like the furious little seventy-year-old man. So unnerving, to say the least. So uh, you know, that's one I don't get too often. Little trolls, especially out in the middle of the woods, eating on something. So. Uh, now, if you folks have questions, just go ahead and um, now James asked, "Did the creature have hair all over, even at the light, even if light or in the thick patches?" I, I it probably did. I mean, from what I can understand, it, it definitely had hair on its back and arms, from what they could see. So, uh, yeah, you of course, it was naked. So I, I don't know. Other than that, that's all that was described and didn't describe the feed at all. I don't think they got a good look at that, but it's pretty bizarre. Okay. Is that it? Okay. What's a red cap? A red cap is basically, I think a lot of people call gnomes red caps. Uh, you know, you see <laughs> the so-called gnomes and he always got a red cap. Maybe that's what he thought it was, a, a gnome or something like that picture right there. So I don't know. you know I, that that's what he had in the account. so that's what I that's what I mentioned. Okay, well uh, we'll get back to that. Uh, the witness and now this next one, the witness in Southeast Ontario had fallen from a tree and landed on his back. After waking from unconsciousness, he notices a juvenile Bigfoot watching him. Then a much larger Bigfoot appears. The witness, and he asked that his name not be mentioned, then 15, was camping with his uncle in a wooded area in June 2014 in southeast Ontario. They arrived on a Saturday and enjoyed themselves, though it was fairly uneventful. Now, on the third day, the witness hiked out of the camp on his own and decided to climb a tree in order to take pictures of the nearby creek with his camera. When he was about 10 foot up the tree, he accidentally slipped and fell. The witness passed out. When they came to, the witness figured that he had been out for about an hour to 90 minutes. Now, he says, what struck me was strange. Once I gained my senses, I woke on my side. Now, to my knowledge, I had passed out on my back. I sat up slowly and tried to take my, in my surroundings. Then it hit me. The most, most disgusting odor I've ever experienced. It was a mix of wet dog and be crude and fecal matter and vomit. The uh, heat didn't help the matter either. I thought that it may have been a rotting carcass of a woodland animal, but my theory was thwarted when I saw it in the shrub. Now, roughly 15 foot away from me was a tanned face that had orange eyes, which sat in concave eye sockets. I can make out that it had a lot of fur, but it contrasted greatly from its skin color. I assumed that it was a brown that was brown in color. The face was around five foot above the ground. My first instinct wasn't to think Bigfoot or anything of that nature, but it was either five foot tall or crouching. I have no idea how long it had been there, but it was watching me. It didn't once move. In fact, it it barely blinked. It sat in silence, peering out of the bushes at me as I stirred out of unconsciousness. I'd be a liar to say I wasn't scared. I was more confused, actually. Now, never once did I feel that I was in any immediate danger. What happened next shook me to my core, and I can confid- confidently say kind of messed me up. Uh, the four legs behind this creature rustled slightly, and to my sheer horror emerged another one of these creatures. It was easily ten foot tall, covered in auburn hair, matted around the shoulders, which were wider than my arms would be if they were extended outwards measuring from fingertip to fingertip. It it shared a similar facial structure to the smaller one, but its skin was more of a brown color. It stopped beside what I now assume was its offspring. The little one continued to stare at me intently while the larger creature, I'm assuming its mother, simply brushed his shoulder with a soft hand to grab its attention. Now, the larger one never looked at me. The two creatures turned their backs, and simply walked into the woods. I assume that the mother was simply telling the younger one it was time to, you know, just, just to leave me alone and give me space. It does make me wonder, though, did they find me laying there unconscious and then put me on my side? Was the reason that I would, wouldn't would choke my tongue or have a seizure? So uh, that came from, actually, that came from um, Steve over at howtohunt.com when it was trans we transcribed it from his video pretty interesting account and he does get some interesting accounts you ought to go to go there and the facts of how to hunt.com. it's a very very good uh youtube channel so let's see we got any other questions oh brad thank you for the donation Okay, now this next one, the witness and his father are deer hunting in Hell's Canyon in northern Idaho. They eventually observe a bizarre not-deer with front legs that resemble those of a muscular human man. Now, I got this account from Cam and Cow over at Expanded Perspectives. Uh, they, uh, they have their own radio show, and they, um, they send me reports occasionally that come their way. Um, the witness states, I've been listening to a bunch of the older shows and heard you guys talk about what you call a not deer. It was amazed that someone else had seen something like that. I had to write in and tell you my sighting. I was about 15 years old and I was going rifle hunting with my dad in the Hell's Canyon area in Northern Idaho, not far from where we lived. I had been bow hunting with my dad for about five years at that point And he decided I was now old enough to use a gun. Uh, We went out to my dad's tree stand early one morning. We had been there for a few hours and had not really heard or seen anything. Then about 50 yards away, we saw a buck peek its head out into the clearing. It was a beautiful eight point. I raised my rifle and waited for it to step more into the clearing. Looking at it through my scope, I noticed something off about the way it moved. Now, as it came more into the open, I I noticed the fur looked weird by the front shoulder. I told my dad, maybe we shouldn't shoot this one as it may be diseased or something. My dad pulled up his binoculars and took a look. Under his breath, he said, WTF. Now, my dad, outside of watching sports, never cusses. So, it caught me off guard. I raised my gun to look at it again. The deer was fully in clear now so i could see i could get a good look at it. the front legs weren't actually legs at all they looked like muscular human arms as if it was a buff guy in a suit but it didn't have hands it had hooves on the end i asked my dad what to do and he said i have no idea shoot your gun here to scare it off uh he didn't want me to shoot it in case it was a person i asked my dad well why would a person dress in a deer As a deer deep in the woods during hunting season he replied people stupid so i assumed he was trying to stay calm as he could and i was about to freak out i fired my gun and it took off now uh we got out of our stand and walked to the area where we saw it uh there were no tracks at all it had just rained a few days earlier so the ground was fairly soft and we could have easily seen our footprints my dad is a pretty good tracker, but he saw no signs of anything in the area. Uh, he decided to pack up. We decided to pack up and head back to the truck. We never really talked about it again, just brushed it off as a weird thing we saw. We continued to hunt the area for several years after that. You know, these not deer are really some crazy sightings. Um, you know, it was this, you know, since they didn't see any prints, was this an actual being or was this some type of apparition or something? I don't know. But we do we do get these weird sightings every once in a while. And um, you know, and James says, you know, it, you know, it it does, it happens in Pennsylvania too. We get we get some pretty bizarre not there sightings in this state. So I think I pretty well had a not there sighting in every state in the country mostly. So uh yeah, it's uh it's pretty weird phenomenon. <clears throat> Now, uh, this other account, this witness is a grandmother recalls her encountering, encounter with a praying mantis humanoid when she was a child in the Greenville, South Carolina trailer park. She experienced possibly reproductive intrusion. Now, uh, she states, hi, I'm a 42-year-old female married with grown children and five grandchildren. First of all, since this encounter, I've never forgotten it, although exactly what happened is a mystery to me. I was young, and we lived in a trailer park in Greenville, South Carolina, in Mr. Hickam's trailer park. This would have been around the mid-1970s. All this information has been confirmed by my mother. It was a warm, sunny day. I was playing outside with my two older brothers. I was the youngest of three. It was a day like all the others, We were playing tag or hide and go seek or, you know, whatever. I went to hide. I ran around the back of our home and suddenly I almost ran into a humanoid praying mantis. Now at the time I thought it was a giant insect. I could not really comprehend what I was seeing. I felt like all the breath was taken out of me. It was taller than my dad and it was standing next to our propane tank. Now years later, When I thought about it, I told myself that maybe there was a gas leak. Anyway, back to the mantis. I stood there frozen in broad daylight, and the creature was just staring back at me. And then everything's blank until I come running back into our trailer, screaming that I'm in pain between my legs. My mother is so concerned that she pulled down my shorts and underwear to inspect. She says nothing is wrong, and I go to sleep crying. This has always been with me. It it, and this praying mantis stays in the back of my mom. Then a few years ago, I heard about this UFO sighting reported by Highland, Illinois Police Department. Weird, I thought. We moved up there when I was seven and moved back to South Carolina when I was 10 years old. I was telling my husband about this thing that happened when I was a kid. We both left and I swore it really did happen. So I got curious and Googled the praying mantis aliens. I remember it felt like I was punched in the stomach as I sat there looking at it, imaginary, exactly how I saw it over 30 years ago, their imagery of what I saw 30 years ago. Um, I showed it to my husband, and he was in shock. I don't know what happened to me between my encounter and when I came running in screaming about the burning down there. I had a real fear of monsters after that in a great deal of nightmares, but nothing like like what I saw. It was all about bloody baby dolls in plastic bags, uh, scooting their plastic bodies around and down the hallway trying to get me. Also, another reoccurring dream was a former type man in overhauls and a pitchfork walking by all my family members just to get at me. Now, at the end of the dream, he would stab me in the chest. This dream started when I lived in Highland, Illinois. I was never able to give birth naturally either. I had to have C-sections. My father passed away at the age of 38 from lung cancer. I was only 15. It has not been an easy life for me, but I'm a Christian and I find comfort in God's word. I have tried to read more about this mantis human creature and have not Gotten a lot of info. Usually uh, When I'm reading about it right before bed, i fall asleep very quickly and get nowhere I'm reaching out because I feel like this is a real this is really happening And just not to me. It doesn't matter to me to get it any attention via printing a story I just want to know if you have heard of others like me and I did I got in contact now this I got this report several years ago uh, You know this witness got a hold of me after I had gotten the reports of the uh, praying mantis humanoids in the Hackens, New Jersey area. And then we started to investigate it. Uh, And actually we did, we did an episode on, of uh, monsters and mysteries in America back in 2015. I think it was on this. Now, I, for a, actually, now as for possible physical contact, uh, now this this report was the first for me. I I have since been involved with several physical contact cases, but mantis being, but that one is the first. Now, most people that have encountered these beings experience severe headaches and mental distress. Now, I mentioned to the witness to feel free to contact me if she ever had wished to disclose any further information, but since that time i haven't heard anything from her so i don't know what has happened since then Uh, no questions okay now this next this next account is about a young navajo man who grew up on the reservation in new mexico he recalls his family's tragic history at the hands of native witches and in turn, skinwalkers. Now he states, I live in Gallup, New Mexico, and I am 21-year-old Navajo. I have family that lives on a plot of land south of Gallup. It's about 30 mile, a 30-minute drive to my family's land and is surprisingly not deep in the woods. It, excuse me. It's a 30-minute drive to my family's land and is surprisingly not deep in the woods. I remember first being in close proximity with a witch when I was about seven. I was at my uncle's house. Our land has three homes on it. He and my mom and his girlfriend were drinking and my uncle went to relieve himself out the front door. I remember he freaked out and said that there was a skin walker outside. I freaked out and his girlfriend said it was okay. That was just Scooby-Doo in an attempt to lessen my fear. Now, since it's been so long, I remember those important details only. After that, I have no memory of what happened. Now that Uncle died that year, I always think that what could have been between me and him now that I feel so alone in my remaining family isn't as cool as he was with me. Anyway, to be clear, I never have seen—I never have seen a witch. But these details are unfortunately true. Jump forward a couple of years and I'm in the eighth grade. My grandpa, who lived with my mom and I, is in the hospital. So I ended up sleeping in his room because I always slept on my mom's floor due to being creeped out by the thoughts of a witch trying to peer inside my window or hearing the noise it could make. I wanted to sleep in there because he has cable in his room. His room is on the opposite end of the trail where my mom, my mom slept. It's about 5 a.m. and I wake up in the most terrifying language I've ever heard. I, it sounded like a cross between a hyena and a pig. The constant chit-chat between whatever was outside and my grandpa's window haunted me in that instance. <clears throat> I listened for a couple seconds, but I covered my ears as hard as I could out of pure terror. It was the most I was the most scared I'd ever been. Now, after that ordeal, I went to my mom's room and crawled into her bed, telling her what happened and shaking a bit. I had school that morning, so when we went to start the car, I noticed in the area where I heard the noise, there was a trailer hitch, and sitting in it was a stray dog. My grandma hired the medicine man before or after that happened, and he said that the dog was in cahoots with the witches. I tried to get rid of him, but that dog always came back. It was skinny and skittish. I always had a bad vibe from that dog, but it doesn't happen, as, which doesn't happen because I love dogs. Now, After that encounter, I was truly scared of being left alone. Uh, a year later, during my freshman year of high school, my mom died. Whether or not these, those jealous witches contributed towards her death, i ponder once in a while. She died from a bad cold mucus in her lungs. I was asleep in her room, but not on her bed. I went to bed about 10 p.m. in the morning. She was very weak and cold, like she was hallucinating, and didn't get under the blankets to keep warm. When I woke up, she was dead and sitting sitting in the front of her bed. That day changed my life completely, as I've never stayed at the house regularly since she died. I stayed with my dad now in town. My other grandpa said our family has been an active target of those witches. He said once in the 90s when my uncles and their friends were at my grandma's land, they see a fire and a witch doing a dance ritual on the top of the mesa. They try to shoot at it. It sees them and they take off when their girlfriends freak out. They leave and that witch chases them out from wherever they are. Keep in mind, this area has a lot of trees and it isn't barren and flat like most Navajo nation. My grandpa inferred that the witch followed my uncle's back to where my family's land is. Now, my family and the evil history of the area that they settled at is real. I wouldn't type all this out if it weren't true. I don't like fake paranormal stories, and you wouldn't either the paranormal is just a footstep away. After all the damage these witches have done... No one wants to talk about her or do anything about them. What it is what is there to do? It's been six years now since my mom died, and each day is a day I inch further away from my small memories of her. You know, this um this whole this whole skinwalker phenomenon. It's in you know, I have talked to a lot of Dene Navajo out in the Four Corners area in parts of New Mexico and in uh, in arizona for a lot of years started when i was when i was associated with um jc johnson and and in leonard dan chief leonard dan and um we got a lot of reports i mean a lot of the younger folks would come forward uh but the the older generation did not like to talk about it they really shied away from it and um and quite frankly, I don't think we'd really get much information if it weren't for the younger kids, or younger folks talking about it. But, uh, you know, I do appreciate they do that, but a lot of times they get uh, they get chewed out for contacting someone about about the witches and about the, the shapeshifters and the, uh, the uh, skinwalkers. So, um, okay, let's get the next one here. Okay. Uh, this next report, a couple are out of Virginia Lake snorkeling and camping for the night. They later notice an unknown being stalking them wherever they go in the area around their campsite. Now, the witness states, this is the most terrifying thing that I have ever experienced. This happened four years ago when my boyfriend and I were still fresh into our relationship. Now, my sister had recommended to me a snorkeling trip for would be a fun thing to do with him. We went to Lake Phoenix, located in Brunswick County, Virginia. It's a quarry surrounded by a campground that is best known for its crystal clear water and diving. Uh, There's apparently a helicopter and school bus that people dive down to see. Now, my boyfriend and I decided to go camping for the night. Now, while we were checking in, We separately both got a bad feeling about this place, but had kept it to ourselves until we left. So at first, it was a really good time. We snorkeled in the shallow area of the the quarry, and although the depth of the water was a bit uncanny, I still was enjoying myself. The water is 65 foot deep, so once you swim out of the shallow area, it's immediately dropped off, and it's pitch black. This is actually where I realized... I'm terrified of water. Now, besides the dark, deep water, while we were swimming, there was something very scary about a lake that is perfectly still. I assume it's because it's quarrying, the water really doesn't have much of a current. Now, my boyfriend and I are winding down our night and we're back at our campsite. Now we're camping in a grassy patch down a hill, a hill, excuse me, in a grassy patch down a hill from the road. Our tent is pitched in the wooded area that our campsite is extended to, and just across the green is a campsite that looks well lived in, but our neighbors were out. Now, we're making hot dogs of the fire when our neighbors get back. It's nighttime now, and they immediately go to sleep. I'd say 20 or 30 minutes after they get back is when things started to become spooky. My boyfriend and I were chatting when we noticed a dark figure watching us from up the hill. Now because of the shadow of the fire we could not actually make out the characteristics of the figure. We knew it was staring directly at us, almost hiding behind our neighbor's truck. It had watched us for what felt like forever until it started walking down the road again. And we both watched it in dead silence, watching it walk behind the trees the same ones connected to our website our campsite but that always went in between us and it i anticipated each time i i'd see it walk forward out of behind the tree then it suddenly stopped appearing i was totally freaked out where did it go i watched my boyfriend looking at what happened and sudden and thinking the same thing but he had just shrugged it off and naively I did too. So we actually ended up forgetting about it and went to the quarry late that night. And you know, it was beautiful seeing the stars reflected against the water, but the deep, now all black water was terrifying to say the least. We walked back to our campsite, laid in our tent, and smoked a joint. I soon became To get, I soon began to get an uneasy feeling, which I was trying to ignore, Uh, telling myself it's probably because I was high. Now, after some silence between us, my boyfriend says to me, Do you feel like you're being watched or we're being watched? I said, Why would you say that? I was half joking, but serious because I was scared. My boyfriend wanted to go get it out of the tent. So we're standing by my car and I got to this this stupid idea that may being in the middle of the field is the safest place for us. My logic being if someone was coming, going to come at us, at least we'd be able to see them. So uh, we're in the middle of the field. And when we see a similar looking black figure from, from earlier staring at us, it mustn't have been about 20, must've been about 20 yards away. We both noticed it while walking, and it's walking in the same direction as us. We change directions, and so does it. We tell one another if we change again, and it does too, that we're booking for the car. When we change, it follows, and we book it to the car. I watch it from my seat as it slowly walked back into the darkness while still staring in our direction. Now, my boyfriend at this point says to me, let's get out of here. I agree, but our camping gear is outside. We quietly get our things together, not trying to freak the other one out. Now, the weirdest part of the story, in my opinion, is the next part. My headlights weren't working, and there was a weird fog over my windshield that didn't go away no matter what we did. We had to drive out of the woods with only low beams and a strange fog over the window. Now, we barely could see but got out of there. Weirdly enough, the fog went away right as soon as we got to the gas station. Now, we got home around 1 a.m. I told my father the story the next day, and he said he's glad we got out of there or else we could have been attacked. Now, two people have died in that campground while snorkeling, which I found out after we got back. My boyfriend and I think it was either a person trying to kill us or an upright creature. We kind of settled on the creature because it's happened. What happened was an unexplained incident. Now, that's Brunswick County, Virginia, and it's well known for Bigfoot activity. Well known for Bigfoot activity. There's a lot of creeks and such in the area, and there've been a lot of sightings down there. It's not really too far from the North Carolina line. Um, But I'm not sure what they encountered. So who knows whether Bigfoot or something else. So uh, that's the last account. Does anybody have any questions? Uh, James asked, were they swimming during the day or nighttime? They were swimming during the day. Yeah. Did they note that they smelled anything odd? Uh, They didn't mention that. They didn't mention that at all. anybody else ain't got any more questions i'm here to answer okay well look this uh you know i had mentioned last friday that we weren't going to have a show this week this friday but unfortunately i caught covid So I'm I'm in quarantine, so I'm not going out. I had plans to go somewhere on Friday and that didn't. So that kind of nixed that. So um, so I'll be here and we're going to have a show Uh, this Friday. You know, we're going to present a question and answer session, which includes discussion uh, all kinds of 14 phenomena cryptids metaphysical subject that interests the listeners you want to talk about crystals you want to talk about hauntings you want to talk about cryptids anything you want to talk to if you get in here get into the chat and ask a question we'll discuss it and i'll answer it the best i can so just join us in the live chat so that we can ask your questions and start the discussion now there's one more thing i wanted to mention before we go uh Apparently now, of course, everybody knows about the the Highland Park massacre on on uh, July fourth, the mass killing. Uh, unfortunately, a DJ in the, the Chicago area came out today, I think, and stated that he thought that maybe this uh, that this was a harbinger due to the the Chicago Mothman. Uh, which is just craziness. That's just ridiculous. And uh, I'm just, I'm just gonna try to nix it. I, I didn't saying about it. I, I, that's just crazy. So, um, yeah. So I'm just saying it right now. So if anybody has any questions about that, then we'll just go ahead. And, you know, uh, I'm just gonna say that that did not happen. Uh, James said, can we call in on Friday? You know, we don't have anything set up for call-ins yet unless, unless Vincent figures something out by then. I, I know we eventually want to do that. Uh, can you bring the guy with all the, you and know, encounters? Well, I'm not bringing any guests on Friday night. We'll do that another time. You're talking about David? We'll have David another time. Yeah, he'll come on. At some point, okay. Anything else? Okay, so uh, look, if you have an unexplained encounter setting, just like I say every week, you know, contact me through the FAMS and Monsters blog site and um. Uh, Thanks to each and all of you for watching and chatting, and if you made a donation, it's truly appreciated. Your support is what makes all this possible. Please like, subscribe, and share. And look, become a member. Uh, you know, I'm, it's only two ninety nine a month. We are in the process of getting some things together uh, for special, you know, special perks for the members. Uh, we are working on setting up a new site, and uh, it's going to take some time. But we're going to have some, we're going to have an e-commerce site and a few other things going on with that. And in the meantime, if we get to the point where we can have something like that up on the YouTube channel, we'll do that. Now, uh, if you have a sighting or encounter report that you would like to be considered for the personal reports show, or even posted at Phantoms and Monsters, feel free to forward your email to me at Lawn Strickler at phantomsandmonsters.com. So, you know, thanks for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. So until the next time we meet, uh, stay healthy and have a safe and enjoyable week. Good night.